Hi, and welcome to Travel Time. Today we're talking about Capitol Reef National Park. We stayed there this year for the first time and visited the park. We actually stayed in Torrey, Utah the night before, and we'll talk a little bit about that. This was the third park of our trip when we were doing kind of the Grand Circle out west and enjoying parks kind of in a loop from Zion on around to Grand Canyon. Capitol Reef is one. It's a fairly uniquely named national park. The capital part of it refers to a white dome formation in the park that early settlers was thought resembled the Capitol building in D.C. And then the reef part refers to the landscape created by the water pocket fold. It was thought that the landscape resembled a coral reef in some ways. So it became Capitol Reef. And it's been a national park since 1971 and will turn 50 this coming December. The park is huge, so unfortunately we were only able to sample it and definitely would like to come back one day and see a little bit more of it. In addition, most of the park is not accessible by paved roads. The park does get 1 million visitors a year, um, but it's interesting to note that 10 years ago it was much less visited, less than half that many were coming through. So definitely a lot more people are finding out about Capitol Reef and exploring it now than there were even just a few years ago. This for us was a perfect halfway between Bryce Canyon and the parks near Moab, Utah. So the canyon lands and arches, which will be our next stop. We stayed, as I mentioned, in Torrey, Utah at the Capitol Reefs Resort, just a few minutes from the main gate of the park. All of us kind of wished, honestly, we'd had two nights there and not just one. The resort was really nice. It was kind of a fun resort. They have hotel rooms cabins, teepees, and covered wagons you can stay in. The teepees and wagons looked very cool and fun, um, but there's no bathroom directly in the units, but there is a private bathroom. So when you check in, you get a key and each covered wagon or each teepee is assigned one bathroom, which is nice. So you can always know your family doesn't have to wait behind another family line for a shower or something like that, like maybe at a campground. But so you do have a private bath or private shower it's just not in the covered wagon or the teepee um, for logistical reasons. I did have a friend who did stay in the covered wagons later this that same summer, this same summer, and it looked really cool. It does have like a double bed and a couple of sets of bunk beds. So pretty cool setup in there. And at night they do, when they're lit up, they look really cool um, out in the, right up against like the red rock of the Capitol Reef Resort. There are a couple different kinds of cabins you get. You can also get motel rooms. And we had a queen deluxe cabin. So ours had two queen beds. They also had a few different layouts for cabins that had um, beds on a like a lofted floor kind of thing and stuff like that. But we had the queen deluxe. Our cabin actually had a gorgeous view of the Capitol Reef from the front porch. And we loved it. It was um, had some nice chairs out on the porch so you could sit on the porch and just enjoy being outside. It also had a pool that had views of the Capitol Reef as well. The cabins were not rustic cabins. So in some of the national parks, you see like the rustic cabins. These were not rustic. In fact, they were probably some of the nicest quality um, of all the places we stayed as far as um, the appointments and things that were in the room. It did have even, for example, an audio system. So you could plug in um, your iPhone or something like that and play audio through the speakers in the cabin, which was nice. And it was just a, it was a nice setup. It also had a fun shower, and by that I mean it had a rain shower head, and it also had a regular shower head, and there were some different settings you could put it on that um, 
did different kinds of scenarios. Like one could be like rain or one could, one was kind of a, um, a rhythm that it changed. It kept changing the rhythm of the shower for the overhead, for the rain style shower head. So uh, that was an, that was a fun, just diversion there. We would 100% stay there again. The only issue we had with the whole time was three of the four ice makers were broken, which was a little challenging when we were trying to get a little more ice to put in with our uh, backpack cooler. But we did find one that worked and that was fine. I think they just had a couple out that when we were there. They also have a restaurant attached called the Pioneer Kitchen. And we ate there for our first night's dinner and for breakfast the, first, the day we were there. The food was tasty, good-sized portions... Um, well-paced meal. Uh, plus, it's right on the site. There are only a couple restaurants in Tory anyway, um, and there are a couple further down the road, about 15 minutes away, but there, there are not very many restaurants there. It, for dinner, we tried orange peel grilled trout. Someone had the burgers. Someone had a flat iron steak. They did have the salad bar closed due to COVID at the time, which was back in June. Um, and then the breakfast was kind of standard breakfast fare, eggs, bacon, sausage, French toast, things like that. And everything we had was great. We did start our day on the full day we had there with a llama hike. Um, we went with Wilderness Ridge Trail Llamas and did the half day hike that started at 9 a.m. So we each had a llama assigned and they were named Benny, Solaris, Huck, and Smudge. And the llamas carried our drinks and our food for our lunch and also some chairs and other supplies, things like that. And then if we were carrying anything, um, most of us had like a hydration backpack on that we still carried. But um, if we had anything else with us, they carried like they carried our sunscreen and our water and stuff like that. It was really a lot of fun, not just kind of we each had our own llama and got to know their personality a bit over the course of the hike. The guide had um, really good information about the ecology of the area and some of the history of the area and just was a really pleasant guy to talk to. We, enjoy, we really enjoyed the terrific Red Rock views all along the trail, and we ended up stopping in the shade for a great lunch. Our guide had brought a nice selection of meats and cheeses and veggie, veggies and dips and dessert and other things plus drinks. He did say that depending on which guide you get and what food's available at that point in the supermarket, that you can have different kinds of lunches depending on the guide and the day you're there. So just know your meat, your lunch might not be exactly the same but it was a really nice setup and because the llamas had brought out like a table and chairs and could bring a cooler of drinks and things like that it allowed them to kind of have something a little bit more than basic sandwiches or things like that which was fun which was nice um i will also say that the meat and cheese and the veggies and things like that and some fruit were really nice um, lunch in the heat because it was about the low 90s or the high 80s when we were there and so it was, it was nice because it was light but filling for the meal. The llama's personalities were probably the most fun of this hike. So as we were hiking, we had Solaris, who was serious and kind of all about business. And he was with my husband. Benny was my llama. And he was very focused, but also a little bit funny. He had just kind of some funny reactions. And he also, at first, didn't really wasn't really up for the petting. He kind of wanted to just get going. But as we went along, he would let me pet him as much as I wanted to, pretty much. Smudge um, was my oldest son's llama, and he had a just kind of funny way about him. Most of them will try to snack along the way, and they don't really want them to snack unless we're stopped so that it doesn't teach them to, like, snack while they're hiking. But this particular llama, 
they were usually up towards the lead, so every once in a while they'd have to stop to wait on the end of the group, which for this, because of COVID, was just our family and the guide, so it was just the four of us. And he had very specific taste in plants, so we, it was funny because Jack started to notice which plants he liked, and he would stop him by the plants he liked so he could have a snack. And then probably the funniest of the group was Huck. He was the youngest llama, and he was with my youngest son, and he would do this thing. I guess llamas, they told us llamas hum when they're happy or they're content. And he hummed most of the time for about a fourth of the way in all the way through. And he particularly was humming whenever he was with Sam, which was really fun. He also just did a lot of really funny things. Like he would kind of find something he wanted to eat that he couldn't quite reach and he'd find a way to get to it. And would just kind of like sometimes stand there and wait for wait for us to go again and be humming or we'd take a picture with the group of us and he'd be humming the whole time through which was really cute our guide as i noted before was amazing some of the things he pointed out to us that we could see on the hike were petrified sand and the petrified sand was from back when utah was covered by a sea way back we also saw some petrified corn cob which was part of an old native american cache they used to kind of bury allotments of food to get through times when there weren't harvests and things like that. And there were some corn cobs that were all the way shrunk down to very, very small because they'd been there for hundreds of years and preserved in the dry air. And then there were lots and lots of volcanic rock. And apparently there's an eruption several centuries ago north of there, like a good distance north of there. The lava had carried the volcanic rock down to this area. And then as everything else receded and things continue to evolve. The rock has stayed, even though there's no signs really of the lava. So just really kind of cool. I would definitely, it's they'll go on this again. It was 100% worth the price. Really nice hike. They gauged the level of the hike, how hard or easy it was and how far we went based on the group and what the pace the group could tolerate was. So if you have smaller kids, you would still be able to enjoy a nice hike. If you have bigger kids or more adventurous family in general, you could go other ones. They also have overnight hikes and all day hikes, as well as I think a shorter version that's only just a two hour hike without the lunch, but highly recommended. It. It's a lot of fun. I honestly would love to go back and do the overnight hike one day. If you're staying at the Capitol Reef Resort, they even meet you right outside the door. So you can literally just eat breakfast and come out and meet them by the rail. It was perfect. After the llama hike, uh, we all piled in the car and headed over into the national park. We headed first to the Fruta area. Our runner in the family um, wanted to get his run in, so he did the Fremont River Trail, which turned into the Fremont Gorge Overlook Trail. So he ran all along kind of the flat, easy section and then up kind of the very steep trail up there. And then the rest of us took the trails at a walk and just kind of walked out while he ran by the distance he wanted to run. For bird watchers, if any are out there, I would mentioned that the river portion of the trail was an excellent place to find different kinds of birds. We saw some warblers and several other types of birds like a kingfisher, things like that, just kind of in the trees along by the river. The Fremont River Trail portion is a one mile stroll that's fairly flat um, along kind of some trees by the river and then as it comes to the end it turns into the Fremont Gorge Overlook Trail. So at that point you can either head back to where you started and the trailhead is kind of near the amphitheater, um, near the camp, which is also near the campground. 
or if you keep going, it becomes a much more strenuous 2.3 mile hike that goes pretty much directly up at a pretty steep incline. And the views are spectacular, but if you're not up for a really steep incline, that portion of the trail is probably not for you. But it, it was the views of the river below and just the canyons were really nice from up there. We spent some more time exploring Fruto a little bit. Um, early settlers in the area had planted orchards along the riverbank, which is where it kind of gets its name from. And they had grown fruits to eat, but also to trade with nearby communities for other things that they needed that they couldn't grow in Capitol Reef. And the orchards are still maintained and you can see them there. I also really wanted to do the scenic drive into the water pocket fold area or Cathedral Valley as far as the paved roads would go. But we were running a little short on time that we had allotted there. So we had to, we'll have to mark that to come back, which is always good. We did stop off on the way um, through the park at Petroglyph Panel to see some of the petroglyphs there and had a stop at Hickman Bridge with good views of the Capitol Dome. So that's a good place you can take some pictures and just look, explore that area a little bit. From there, we headed out the other side of the park and just continued on to Moab. So like I said, Capitol Reef, you pretty much have to drive right through it if you're on your way to Moab anyway from Bryce Canyon. So it's a great place to stop and just check out some of the park. Highly recommend it. It's um, not as crowded as a lot of the other parks. Um, Fruita is a little bit crowded just because a lot of people go right there. Um, but then if you're on the trails and things, like we only saw a couple people on each of the trails we were on. So it was really nice to enjoy the nature and just not have tons and tons of people. As I said, we drove on to Moab. We ended up having dinner in Moab, which I'll cover in our next installment. And our next stop was Canyonlands and Arches, which are both easily accessible from Moab, Utah. And that is it for today. Thanks for tuning in and look forward to having another episode for you here soon. Happy trials.